everyone and welcome to In My Mug episode 3! Throat's going today, 107, on Monday the 29th of September 2014. I am your host Stephen Layton. Welcome to In My Mug and welcome to the news. This week's coffee is fairly big news, but for more info keep listening. But we do have another coffee uh, from the same mill called El Oasis, which I am not sure is going to be in my mug. Might be, but at this point I'm thinking probably not. Um, but you should try it just in case, and also you should try it because it's your chance to contribute. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, you'll have to wait and see what I talk about when I get going in the uh, in the in my mug. So remember the Limoncillo, uh, Limoncillo Yellow Pacamara we had a few weeks ago, the very expensive coffee that we had at 301, was it, or 299? Can't remember which. Um, but it was delicious, I am sure you would agree. Well, we have a tiny, tiny, teeny, teeny, eeny, weeny lot of the Yellow Pacamara Natural Funky, um, which will definitely not be in my mug, as it is too tiny a lot. Um, but it is amazing. I've been drinking it all this week and it is mind-blowingly good. Um, I think you will like it very much. Um, you should definitely go get some because it won't be in my mug and uh, I'm like, liking it a lot. Um, I'm going to show you a little bit of a video now of this coffee drying. But uh, since they left it in the bag, it's kind of this is going to be a funky. Yesterday, yesterday. They, that's going to be mine, yesterday. yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't smell. No. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> that smells kind of like grassy. Smell that. Mm. And how big will that lot be? It's small. Yeah, no, it's 20 latas. Wait, this is the day yet. Sí. En natural, sí. Cereza, sí. natural. Y es amarillo. Ya, ya está sí, poniendo. Sí, ya lo vi yo, parece. ¿Cómo se llama eso? Dios, es chino. Tiene su nota, bro. Yeah, so this could be maybe like 10 quintales, around 7 bags, more or less. Oh. And have you done a yellow natural before? No, no, no. This is the first one, yeah. Good video. I like that one. Um, this week uh, we have some uh, very, very, very special Kenya lots going on the site. Like you have to keep these peeled. Next week's going to be a lot of Africa's coming through. I might even do an Africa on in my mug. No, we won't. No, definitely not. Actually, because I've already planned what I'm doing next week. But um, yeah, um, and one more. Uh, T-shirts that money cannot buy, you can win. Has been won by this week's uh, person that's kindly sent me in a mug. Looks a bit plain at the moment, but you'll see more. Thank you, Phil. Uh, Phil Hardy, uh, much appreciated mate, thank you, your t-shirt is winging its way to you. And that was the news. So we should get on to focus on, and this week I'm going to focus on the micro meal revolution in Costa Rica. Now I know I've done this in the past, but I really want to kind of revisit it and put a little bit more meat on the bones.
So the micro mill revolution in Costa Rica only hit my radar about six, seven years ago. Um, before this, I kind of saw Costa Rica as being very boring, very bland, um, not very interesting. Uh, the market was pretty much dominated by uh, a couple of big, big, big co-ops. So uh, co-ops like Copa de Dota um, and uh, Co-Cafe um, were would buy cherry from anybody that would sell it to them, homogenize and standardize and standardize it, make it into like a McDonald's pate, um, uh, into a mild, boring pile of meh. Um, and yeah, that's all you saw. Um, so I really didn't stock a lot of Costa Rica. Um, declining production, dropping coffee prices, increasing the cost of living in Costa Rica, increasing the cost of land. I've seen producers having to address this by either stopping growing coffee completely, and in the last 15 years production has over halved, um, or they need to find a way to get more money for their coffee, but add more value as well so they could uh, get more money for their coffee. Um, and take away the need for those large co-ops to take their cut. So what happened was there was this micro mill revolution began where even the smallest of farms were buying depulpers and drain tables and they were processing their own coffee, adding value um, by adding in the process and taking control of the process. Things like honey processing came about because these small scale producers wanted to try and experiment on different things and create different cups. Um, Coffee's not some normally seen in Costa Rica. You would see them start to do, and it was just it was unusual. It's also really important that they did this because water in Costa Rica is at a real premium, um, and things like naturals and 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 uh, yeah, the honey save a lot of water. Um, but it's also seen a massive increase in small producers adding traceability, making delicious, tasty, unique coffees, and pushing Costa Rica to the forefront of specialty coffee. And I think it's amazing uh, what what the the producers have done in Costa Rica. Um, so yeah, the micro mill revolution. That was focus on. So now we're going to talk about um, a farm that's quite special to me, but only in his second year with us. Well. Actually, this farm isn't, but this producer is in his second year with, with us. Um, and piece by piece, I've been slowly building up a better picture uh, about this guy. The guy is called Carlos Arrieta. Uh, and when we first found him, we had virtually nothing on him. Apart from I met him, uh, and I had his name, and that was it. Um, this year was the first year I got to go to the farm, and I found it so much more. Uh, but also got to make the relationship stronger um, and also very excited about what we have planned for the future and kind of left really excited to be working with Carlos and his family. Um, the first time I met him last year, well, 18 months ago, two years ago, was in the exporter's office on my last day in Costa Rica and we were cupping a load of coffees. We got like about 200 cups to cup that day. The first table I found one and it was about the fourth or fifth one in that just got me singing. Like it was beautiful, it was so complex and acidity was really in your face, it really, really was different. Um, and it had to be this guy who was turning up 10 minutes later, Carlos. So when I first got him, it, like, we had a negotiation, he was like, so, so how much do you like? And I'll never forget his reply was, well how much do you like it? And I said, well I like it a lot. He says, well then I'd like a lot please. And then I went, yeah okay, no problem. 
Um, and I tell the story that, you know, luckily there were some grown-ups in the room that made sure I didn't give Carlos all of my belongings and my passport and all of my money. And um, But it was just a coffee that really left an impression on me. Um, and we ended up negotiating a really good price for Carlos because it was a very, very small lot. And he was really just starting to try and introduce quality to the farm. So we wanted to make sure we rewarded that. Um, fast forward a year on. Um, and I get to spend some time with the family. I got to hang, got to have lunch as well with them all, which was, that was really good actually. I, 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 it's one of those moments I wanted to take a picture of in my head, just so I can remember it. But, um, uh, and we had dinner on the mill, which is actually next door to the house. And what we've started to find out is they've started to name things now because they know that it helps me when it comes to marketing. When I asked them what the name was and they went, well, Carlos Arrieta, they wanted to make it better. So the mill is called Arbar. Um, and there they have some drying tables, a very small nursery. They don't have a depulper, which is unusual. Um, but uh, what they've been doing is paying somebody to depulp it and then doing all of the processing from there. But what they've done before the mill was they just give the cherry to the co-op, what I talked about in the, the micro mill revolution. And this is, they are part of this new revolution. I also found out that they own two farms, this one being El Man Manital, which means um, a water, water spring. Um, and this is a new farm. Last year we had Oasis, not this one. Uh, it's in the Western Valley region near to the town of Lourdes de Naranjo, located about 1600 metres above sea level. Has Katura, Katayi, and a tiny, tiny bit of Villa Sarchi. But um, Carlos will tell you in a little while that he's got some plans to, to plant some other lots, although I'm not sure it's a good idea yet, but it's, he, he thinks it is. And it's a tiny farm producing between 700 and 1400 kilos um, a year. I'm not going to tell you any more about this. In fact, I'm going to let Carlos tell you about this. So uh, over to you, Carlos. Okay, so if we can ask Carlos uh, just a little bit about when he, like, how long he's had the farm for, um, the stuff that we talked about where he used to produce, uh, what, um, uh, when he used to give to the co-op, stuff like that, and why he's doing what he's doing now. Un poco dónde estamos, cuál es el tamaño de la finca, hace cuánto tener la finca, y un poco el proceso de cómo pasaste de entregar fruta a la cooperativa, ahora procesar, eh, tu propio cafecito. Yeah. Yo te traduzco. Sí, este... Eh, bueno, aquí donde estamos, este es un lote de 900 matas de catuairo. This, where we are right now, is a 900 plants of red catuairo. Eh, we are in Lourdes de Naranjo, at 1600 meters above sea level. And it's just a small farm, uh, where we harvest around 15 bags. Este, digamos... Después de las 900 matas hacia abajo, lo que tenemos es este caturra. We have 900 plants of red catuai, and then uh, uh, down the slope we have caturra. Eh, al fondo de esta propiedad es muy bonito porque hay una naciente. Me gustaría que algún día pudiera venir. At the end of the property is very nice because we protect a water birth. That's why the name is. Por eso le pusimos. De hecho ese we have a lot of waters that are born here in our farm that give water to the pueblo of Naranjo. Este, el, la propiedad esta son, digamos que, falta un poquito para la manzana. Ya. This property is around 6,000 square meters. Small and property. And here we protect a lot of water for the town of Naranjo and that's why the name is El Manantial, which means the water spring. And how long have Carlos and his family farmed here for? Hace cuántos cosechaban esta finca? Hace cuánto la tienen ustedes? 
Estamos hablando de 15 años, 15 años, ¿verdad? 15 años. And how, what does he see for the future? What things does he want to do to the farm? What, what things does he, would he like to see progress? ¿Y usted qué ve para el futuro? ¿En qué le gustaría progresar? ¿Qué cosas ve para la finca? ¿Cómo? Bueno, es una pregunta que de repente a mí me gustaría devolverle a Steve. Eh, de repente uno está muy acostumbrado a las variedades de Catuay Rojo, de Villarchí, de Catura. No sé hasta qué punto es en realidad viable meterse en el Geisha, en el Kenia. This is a question that I have for you because normally we grow Caturra, Red Catuay, Villasarchi, but we would like to grow Geisha SL28 Kenya, Borbón. So that's a question for you. What <laughs> would you recommend? Um, I, I will roast coffee and make it go brown if he grows it for me and I won't interfere. <laughs> Dice que siempre y cuando usted le mande cafecito delicioso, usted es el que escoge la variedad, él no quiere interferir en eso. Sí, de, pero de pero él que, le toca tostarlo, como él dice. Sí, pero de repente a uno le da miedo a la hora de cambiar variedad que, que vaya a perder el sabor que, que, nos, que nos ha acercado. Que no, no, el geisha es excelente, el Kenya también. La 12 la recomienda. Bueno, Geisha is great and Kenya as well. So, yeah. they're both La idea es nosotros ir renovando poquito a poco. We would like re to renovate little by little. Y igual eh, sembrar allá en la casa. And eh, in la casa, sí. up, up the hill. Igual, no, no queremos, eh, no queremos como decir, arrancar todo el café. Y, y We don't want to cut all the plantation. Queremos ir poquito a poco. We want to go little by little. And uh, how much does Carlos's family help with running the farm? We're surrounded by his family here. I'm just going to go. Aquí estamos con toda la familia de Carlos, con la esposa, la hija, todos los hijos. And él quisiera él quisiera saber cómo contribuye su familia al cultivo y digamos al proyecto. Este, hey. Es prácticamente es un cultivo familiar como lo, de, lo, lo expresamos antes. It's a family family eh, grown farm. Eh, lo que hablamos, este, hasta mi señora se viene muchas veces a, a exigir. Este, Sometimes even my wife comes to prune and to take out the shoots. Y tratamos de, en el momento que estemos todos la familia libre, digamos que no estamos trabajando, nos venimos todos para el campo. And in a moment where the family has some spare time. Eh, we come and all work at the cafeteria. Little by little, one by one, go and stand beside him, Benga, so they can have a family photo at the end. Like the ending of the podcast. Yeah. <coughs> so I guess the last question is kind of, uh, is there got a message they'd like to send to all the people in the UK who are drinking the coffee and... ¿Hay algún mensaje que les gustaría ustedes enviarles a los consumidores de Has Been que consumen café Arbar? Bueno, sí, claro que sí. Este, yes. Muy importante aclarar que aquí nos falta una muchacha. Muy importante aquí que estamos perdiendo una de las hijas. Que ella trabaja mucho también, se esfuerza. De hecho, nos ha ayudado mucho con los rotulitos. De... That she works very hard and in fact she was the one who painted all the um, signs. Oh, wow. Ella, este... Decirle a la gente Hasbin, I want to tell the people of Hasbin que nosotros todo lo que han visto lo trabajamos todo el año, mi familia trabajamos todo el año para darle un buen sabor al café y que ellos les guste al final. Everything you have seen has been hard work of all the family and we expect you to enjoy 
This cup of coffee. Esperamos que ustedes lo disfruten y que podamos hacer una relación de muchos años. And we expect we expect that you enjoy our coffee and we can establish a long-term relationship. Fantastic. Fantastic. Gracias. <laughs> Carlos is as cool as he looks on screen as well. Um, one thing you only notice, if you go and look at this coffee on the site, it's priced slightly differently to how we normally price. We normally kind of like to have fairly even prices, so 7 or 7.50 or 7.20. We wouldn't really have like uh, a weird one. And this one is 7.82, I think it is. Um, now bear in mind last year this was £10. So a bag of this was 10 quid. We've negotiated it down a little bit because we're buying much more from it. Carlos can he gets some economies by doing that and selling everything to one person. And he also wants to open this up so more people can try it. But we've priced it 788 it is, 788. And this is so we, and by we I mean you, uh, can buy Carlos and his family a depulper for next year's harvest. So he doesn't have to pay somebody else to pulp it. Um, he can have more control over his amazing coffee um, and he will do a better job. Um, now I've worked out that it's going to cost 28 pence a bag for the two lots to sell to get you to buy the pulper. Um, so you can, your generosity is going to make his life better. Go look at the blog post, there's a, a link on the screen there which is go.hasbeen.co.uk forward slash rbar and that will tell you, take to the blog post that I've written all about it and you'll be able to get a better understanding. But you can contribute by buying the Oasis. So uh, I've paid it for in my muggers. Um, so details, farm is called El Mantial. Um, it is, uh, the mill is called Arbars by Carlos Arrieta from Lourdes de Naranjo in the Western Valley. Has an altitude of 1600 meters above sea level. Uh, varietals are Catayi, uh, Catura and a little bit of Villasarchi and it's a yellow honey process. So, um, yeah, it's kind of nice that we're helping Carlos out by getting him his pulper. Um, I'll show you the pictures on the screen now, actually, of him having his pulper, because we've bought it, you owe me. I hope you're good for the debt. Um, but let's go and see this week's map bit. Hello. Bye. Up you go. So I've got a feeling that this week's map bit is going to be really, really good. Um, and really, really good because I've kind of I've been there and I took pictures with my iPhone, so I got the exact coordinates off the uh, off the GPS data on the photo. But we're going into Central America first, and obviously we didn't do a lot. We buy a lot of coffee from Central America. I would say the majority of our coffee comes from Central America, um, but Costa Rica is somewhere that's been growing for us a lot over the past few years. Um, so let's zoom down into Costa Rica, and we buy from two distinct regions. We've got Tarazú to the south and Central Western Valley to the north. But Costa Rica is located so close to the equator, the sun rises and sets roughly at the same time throughout the year. Interesting and dull at the same time. I don't know how I managed to do it. Um, but yeah, so we're going to go down to the Central Stroke Western Valley here. Um, and we're going to go down. And you can see Arbar Mill there. And it's actually right down the road from Vista El Val that we've had on in my mug in the past. Um, let's make some funky camera angles happen. Look at that. So you can see in the distance there, you've got uh, San Jose. Um, and really, you can see there how close Vista El Val is to uh, Finca Manital and also Cafe Arbar, which is the, the mill name. Um, let's zoom around in a crazy kind of way. Look at this. Little, just a found new camera moves. Um, let's go along the mountain. 
And let's look at the typography that we can see kind of from the farm here. So you can see it's on the brow of a hill. It's in a great location. Um, you know, you're going to get all of the benefits of altitude, but you're going to get protection from the hills. And while we're talking of typography, the highest point is 3,020 metres of Costa Rica, and the lowest point, of course, is the ocean. You don't get much lower than the sea level. Um, and there's the typography chart for Costa Rica, so all of that detail um, within. Um, and let's just have a little whiz round, and there we go. That was the funky, funky map bit. I like good map bits like that. Now let's go and do Roland's Daft Fact of the Week. Costa Rican coffee is only the third biggest cash export from Costa Rica after decades upon decades of being the number one. Things have moved on in Costa Rica and coffee production is getting so much smaller that the quality is getting so much better. Wow, political comment from Roland that the coffee's getting much better. Um, yeah, I'm really pleased with the Costa Ricans we've had this year. I think uh, it is getting better. Uh, I think it's a an origin that we're doing in the last three years, three, four years, I think we've done so much better. Like there was a time where it was just Licho and now we've got these amazing ones. Uh, La Pira's due to come back really soon as well. Just so many great coffees. We're, we're really, really blessed. Right, anyway, I'm gonna whack you on pause. I'm gonna go and get tasty and delicious drinks and I'll be back with you in just a moment. Okay, so I'm back. I'm going to go straight into the espresso. So what the espresso is for me, it's probably a bit too bright for my taste. You may like this. It's kind of an in-between a Kenyan and what I would call a, a great espresso. But that's because I'm biased. But you get lots of the pineapple. There is a big hit of pineapple in there. Unfortunately, a lot of the sweetness gets lost in the espresso for me. And it's not necessarily my bag. So into the milk. Here the milk is helping because it's raising that sweetness up. Um, oh, it's actually really good. Um, the pineapple again is, is by far the most dominant part of it. Um, you really do get that pineapple comes in me through. But that milk just adds a little layer of like milk chocolate on there which just kind of calms down the acidity. Um, and, and, and makes it more drinkable for me. So, my mug, I'm hoping it's gonna do the magic that it should do. We'll see, we'll have to give it a second, I guess. So Phil, thank you very much for my mug. If you would like the t-shirt that money could not buy, you need to send me in a, a mug like Phil has here. Um, and I don't know if you can see it. It's starting to change. I'm gonna drink it first. It's really hot, so we should be changing it. Um, okay, at this point, it's actually lots of the acidity's gone again because of the way that it's been served. Um, you get caramel, you get milk chocolate, the pineapple is definitely running through still, but it's all together a little bit more refined. It's a little bit more uh, balanced than it is in the espresso. The espresso for me is super unbalanced. Um, so I don't know if you can see this message on here that says life is definitely too short for bad coffee, which has been my tagline now for 
300 and odd episodes. Every year for the past six years I've said that. Um, I've now found that other subscription services like to use it on theirs as well. I guess I can't copyright something like that, but meh. Anyway, Phil, thank you very much. It's very nice. Um, I love the mug, actually. I really do. Uh, it really made me smile when I saw it. Um, I love these mugs where they change colour and stuff and have hidden messages in them. So thank you, buddy. Very, very kind. Whether I continue to use this, I'm not the mug. I'm going to use the mug all the time. Whether I continue to use the tag, use the tagline, I'm not quite so sure. But yeah, definitely much more caramel, much more chocolate with a hint of acidity. Whereas the espresso, for me, it just unbalances it, and it's all a little bit crazy. Okay, time to wrap up. Thank you very much for joining me, as always. Yeah, screw it. Life's definitely too short for bad coffee and awesome mugs. <laughs>